feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life in the chat room. 
but it is very easy. Just follow the prompts on our on our website. If you are listening by phone, please feel free to join the conversation at any time. All you have to do is press the number one, and we will bring you into the conversation. Um, earlier today, I was uh, just when I was uh, putting the show together, um, I just, for some reason, I don't know what it was, maybe I had a few minutes to spare, but I just went and looked at the uh, some of the numbers of, of previous shows um, from the beginning until until now, and I was just uh, amazed and and grateful um, at how many uh, people uh, listen to our broadcast, um, whether it is live or whether people listen the next day. Um, a few days later, a week later, um, it was very uh, refreshing to know that the work that we are doing um, is not in vain and that people are uh, tuning into the show. Um, I know a lot of people, um, you know, like to listen to podcasts uh, during the day, um, so I'm glad that we uh, are able to provide that for you guys. Um, if you're like me and you're here on the East Coast, um, nine, <laughs> 9 o'clock is not um, an ideal time, um, especially if you have to get up early the next day. Uh, but we definitely appreciate you guys, whether you listen live um, or whether you um, go back and listen uh, whenever you have time. Uh, just wanted to put that out there. Thank you uh, to, to all of you. Um Tonight we're going to talk about a book, um, and it is called Tired of Being Black, and it was written by yours truly. But before we get into the before we get into the book, I do want to um, take this time to um, address something that uh, came up, um, and it didn't really impact me directly, but. Um, it did make me think, and my wife and I um, had a conversation about it uh, this evening. So for those of you who are listening, uh, please, 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 uh, if you don't do anything else, uh, follow up, especially if you have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whoever, that you may be responsible for. And if you know people, um, please encourage them to go back and listen to the show just because um, the things I'm going to share are, are things that I think are very um, important, and, and my wife brought up some great points as well. Um, so in the news here recently, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, school shootings. Um, I don't even know the number anymore. Um for how many school shootings there have been um, just this school year alone, just since January 1st. Uh, but there have been a lot of them. Probably the most popular one this year uh, was Parkland High School. Um, I mean, it was in Parkland, Florida. I forgot the name of the school. Um, 
And since that has been something that has been um, in our society, I do want to touch on a few things where where school safety is concerned uh, before we start talking about the book. And so earlier today, um, I found out that um, the school district that I used to work for um, had a situation where one of the schools was placed into lockdown, and I'll explain what that means in a second, and the surrounding schools were uh, put into what is called shelter in place. So a lockdown, and and every school is different, so I'm going to start by saying please go in and and, uh, find out as much as you can. Um, They may not be able to give you a whole lot of information because it's probably not wise to give your uh, safety and security protocol um, to anyone. But but a lockdown is where the the school is completely locked down. That means that no one can enter the building and no one can – exit the building. And there are lockdown drills. Um, The state of Virginia, um, I'm not sure about other states, but I know the state of Virginia requires um, schools to have them several times during the year. And during these drills, you practice an active shooter situation. And so with the lockdown, again, no one can enter the building, no one can exit the building. There is, um, and you essentially get to the closest um, room or closet or safe space, um, and you lock yourself in there. You turn the lights out, um, and you try to do your best job of making the enemy think or the bad guy think that there's no one in your in your room or in your location. And, um, you know, sometimes the police, they get word of things, and so, you know, they may call and let um, let the school officials know uh, that, hey, you need to go on a lockdown. But anyway, when there's a lockdown, um, it is not safe to, if you are a parent or anyone, it is not safe for you to approach the school because either inside of the school has been declare unsafe um, or um, the threat is close enough to the school. So if you get an alert or phone call, an email, any type of message stating that there's a lockdown, um, the best thing to do is just sit tight and wait for uh, further communication from the school. Hopefully the school will give you enough information, um, and they should let you know that they're in a lockdown. And I was just reading what the school district said in their notification, and it did say 
the police placed the school on lockdown because of suspicious activity around the school. Um, you know, and let you know that they will keep you updated as they receive information. Um, so let me let let me just share some things with you guys um, that may help you in the future um, if you're ever presented with this um, with this situation. Number one. Um, safety is the top priority, or at least it should be, at every school, simply because no learning takes place in an unsafe environment. You can't teach any classes. Um, you can't have any activities. There are no sports. There's no lunch. Um, nothing can go on in a building um, that is unsafe. So safety is the top priority. I know we want our kids to learn. I know we want them to do great things. However, the the most important thing every day is that kids get to school safely and they get home safely. The second thing is this. I think Tammy just joined us. Hey, Tammy. Hey, Rodney, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. I made it. Not so bad. <laughs> yes, you did. So I'm just, uh, I'm still in my opening remarks. I haven't gotten to the book yet, but I'm I'm just talking about school safety just because there was a situation here um, in my previous school district. So just kind of giving, uh, because Tamay and I were having a really good discussion about this, and um just trying to give people some some tips and pointers uh, when it comes to school safety. Okay. Um, so the next thing um, that I'm going to share with you all is make sure that your child's school has your up-to-date phone numbers uh, and email addresses. Make sure they have working phone numbers. I can't tell you all how many how many times um, teachers or administrators or school counselors have tried to call parents and the number was disconnected or it was the wrong number. Um, so make sure that the school has your correct phone number and email and if you work in a secure facility where um, you know you're not allowed to have your phone on or you're not allowed to have your phone on you, then make sure that there's um, either no, a number where you can be reached right away or make sure there's someone an emergency contact who can be reached right away. Uh, the hey, next hey, one hey. is. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you know what? It's it's so like I cannot believe that in 2018, because you you just took me back to when I was working not in well just about every school, which was many 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 years ago, and I cannot believe in 2018 that you guys as educators are still having to deal with emergencies and not being able to contact parents. 
in a world where there's so so many parents are connected to their cell phones, whether they're supposed to have them on at work or not, they have them. And I, it's unbelievable to me that at a, at, in a day of technology, it was unbelievable but back then. And, I mean, it was so bad yeah. back then. I remember um, this, one of the schools I worked for, there was a book that had been published for that kind of thing because it was so bad that we had we had a book where we could look up, say, if your address is 5,000, um, I don't know, Corn Street, then we could look up 5002 Corn Street, get their phone number, call them and say, this is cool, we're trying to find John Doe's mom. She, she, he or she lives, you know, next door to you. Can you please go over and have them call the school? Like, that's how bad it was back then. So I can't even and, – and cell phones, of course, was not um, – like. well, maybe they were, but not everybody had cell phones back then like like we do now. So it's unbelievable and no excuse that you guys are still having to deal with that. <laughs> it's insane. It is, it is, it is not uncommon. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, the thing is, uh, I don't think, and, and I was just, you know, saying this to, to Maria, that it's easy – to be upset with um, the school or to say, um, and I saw a young lady posted this on Facebook, you know, it's easy to say coulda, shoulda, woulda um, when you're not actually in the situation. Um, and um, the the problem is, like, earlier, um, and what kind of and what bothered me was, you know, there were so many people attacking the the school system and saying, well, I didn't get a call until this time, or, you know, um, you know, I had to find out about it on Facebook. Or I had to find out about it, you know, from 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 somebody else. Um, and you know, one of the things that I thought about was, you know, parents don't always do their part. Like we don't always have working phone numbers. I mean, we've had kids who have been, like, sick, like, with fevers mm-hmm. and, like, can't get in touch with anybody. And so, but, you know, when things like this happen, then it's, well, let's point fingers at the school. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, if the school sent out, you know, an alert, you know, the next thing we need to look at is why you didn't get it. So I'm going to say everybody make sure that um your child that your child school has your phone number however many phones you have they should have all of them um and they should have your email address um and then the the next thing is you should be um following them on social media just because again that's another form of communication um, in today's time, I don't know any schools or school districts that don't have social media pages. But again, that's where you can find out about. That's where you can find out about you know emergencies or just parent, the parents' conferences when report cards come out. Like you can find, you usually find these things if you are following the school. Now, some schools do a poor job of like posting things, but. You know, at least follow them. And then if you're following them and you see that they're not 
you know, staying up to date, then you can make a phone call and say, hey, like, you know, this is another way that you guys can keep, you know, communication going with the parents. Like, at least keep these things up to up to date. Um, if your school has um, an app, then you need to download that app to your phone because the people who heard about this first were the people who got the alert through the app. But the app is um, – is offered and it is mentioned. I mean, they they um, you know they talk about it. You know, and the 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 back to school stuff, the summers packages that go on, like they 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 do encourage parents like on a regular basis to download the app um, just so that they're getting all of the alerts. But it's just another form of um, communication. And then this part is where is where I stop writing because um, I just ran out of time, but. If there is a crisis, if there is a crisis at your at your child's school, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that you don't call the school or go up to the school. And the reason why is, if you are calling the school, it is not just you're not the you're probably not gonna be the only parent called. And if there are, let's say, a thousand kids in the school, and you have all of these parents calling, well, now all the phone lines are tied up. And how are these school officials, you know, supposed to be in contact with law enforcement, first responders, um, the people that they need to be um, in touch with to find out what their next move is? Because a lot of when you go into crisis situation like this. You have a plan in place. However, uh, you do have to wait for the direction of uh, other people. So those lines of communication need to be open, and so the, this allow the school to communicate with you. Now, I would be very upset if something happened at 10 in the morning and I just found out about it at 8, at 8 o'clock at night, and it was over at 12 noon and you've had now eight hours to, like, tell me what happened. But leave, let the school communicate with you, um, and they can tell you, you know, whatever details they're allowed to give you. Um, hopefully they will. Um, and also understand that a lot of times schools are limited in what they can share with you. If there's a police investigation, they can't tell you. Um, they can't tell you. They can't tell you anything about that because a lot of times the police aren't going to give them the details, and they'll say they'll give you very broad statements. Um, so just know that if they say that there's a suspicious situation, that's all they can tell you at the time. Um, one, because again, the, it's up to the police to release that information, not the school. Um, and then two. They have to make sure that, that they have all the facts. And so it, it's it, it's a very delicate situation. Um, and then as far as going up to the school, um, that's not a really good idea. One, because, again, if it's a lockdown, you can't get inside the school anyway unless you, like, break, it, break into the school, uh, which would not be a smart idea. Um, but no one can leave and, and, and no one can go in. So, um, you know, leave that, uh, make sure 
even though they'll move you out of the way, but like blocking the police from getting in and doing their jobs or the firefighters or anybody else who needs to get in. So, and just, again, think about the fact that like um, you're not the only parent of the school, uh, of the kids in the school. And usually in, in a lot, in some cases, you know, part of the communication will be you 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 can't pick up your if the kids have to be transported somewhere, which has happened. Um, they'll say you have to pick up your child from this particular location. So again, and there's a lot more that we could that we could say. Maybe Tammy, um, maybe over the summer before school starts, you know, we maybe maybe can do a show on this, but. To everyone, please, please, please remember that safety is the top priority at every single school. Tammy, any uh, <laughs> opening remarks from you? Um, I want to thank everyone. You guys, I had a really, I had roughly 20-something people show up. Hear me speak. I would just just friends and from from just my people, just friends and family of mine. So we took up like one, two, three, three sections, um, and it was just it was truly, truly a blessing. Uh, number one to have so many people there because you guys know it's it's hard to get people to support you. I feel especially when you're not when there's not although the place did sell you know beer and all that stuff, a pizza, great pizza. But just like when you're not, if it's to me, and I could be wrong, maybe I just need to keep expanding my circle, um, but it showed me that, you know, I am doing that because that's the most I've had to come out on my behalf in one setting. And so it was, it was just heart. It was so heartfelt, I'll say that. So I want to say thank you. Even even down to yesterday, I had a couple that I was speaking to, and they came out. And this is a couple that I met through um, the consulting. And they came out, and she was telling me yesterday, they I did a session with them, and she said to me, she said, I realize that I am not communicating in this relationship. And it was just, she started to point out, even just small little things, just things that, um, I'll share. She probably won't mind me sharing. Like, okay, so she said that um, she, her husband asked her a question. Uh, they're having some issues kind of with um, the temperature at night, and so they're trying to do something that works for both of them. And in that, he asked a simple question, and instead of um, answering that question thoroughly, she just kind of hit at it wanting him to catch on and just kind of assume what she wants. And so he took the lead and said, so what you really want me to do is this. And she said, I realized that that I could have just said that. And so it just, that to me, if if one couple a year will get that, I think that that what I do is so makes it so much more meaningful because communication is at the heart of relationships. So I want to say for anybody who's listening who was there, um, anybody who's listening wanted to be there and could not be there, thank you as well. Um, but it went 
it was awesome. It was just, it was really awesome. So that's what I wanted to do, just, just thank people for their support. That's really good. I um I was I was wondering how how it all went, but uh that's uh that's good that people came out and supported and 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 hopefully uh, it'll be uh 20 more <laughs> uh people who, who come out the next time. I hope so. I'm I'm, I'm planning. It. I, I'm planning it. So so uh, today, um, on my way home, I was thinking about uh, the, the 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 trash can concept because um, so a couple of weeks ago, I uh, I started taking a, a different route to work to and from work. Maybe about a week or two ago, I started taking I started taking a different route um, to work, and today today. <laughs> It didn't. It didn't dawn on me that I went the old way um, until I was about five or ten minutes on the route, and it was like too. It was too late to, for me to like turn around and like go the other way. Thinking, and I was like, how in the world did I get like on this route home when I don't even come this way anymore? Um, but I think just, <laughs> just you know. It's just a habit that, you know, I know when I leave work, you know, I'm so used to going um, a certain way. And so, you know, now without even thinking about it, now if I think about it, then I'll go the way that I've been going. But today I just, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. I just, like, hopped in the car, and it was it was like I just did it. Like I just, like, went back to the old way without even – Without even thinking about it, by the time I realized it, I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> that I, did, I did think about that. I did think about that on the way home. How you know, some things are, are really just habits. Right, autopilot, and that's how that's how um, we live our life. And sometimes I'll do that, Rodney, wanting to go because I go one way more, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be going somewhere else, which means I need to back out of my my drive and go to the right, I will still back out and go the way that I typically go, the, you know, most of the time. And then I'll say, I'm not, where am I going? But just because I typically go that way more. And then I'll have to go up, turn around, and come back to get, because it will be much quicker for me to, turn, you know, go the other way. But that's life. And I think we're so caught up today in this world um, that it's easier to do. It's easier to live on on in auto mode um, and just do what we're used mm-hmm. to do. It's, it's it's easy to continue to think the way that we are accustomed to thinking, or we're taught to think, or that we observed growing up. I just think that we're so consumed and so conformed to this world. I was thinking about this. I, I was late because I had gone to a meeting tonight and. As the guy was talking, I was thinking because he put the word conformed up there, and I was just my mind started to go, and I thought our marriages look like when I say our, you know, people, believers of of faith and and all of that. Our marriages look like the world. Our lives look like the world. We feel like we we. I think we also feel like the world most of the time. Like we like, I just look at people and I think. Mm, 
where is our God that we talk about so much? And 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 I myself included, like I have to put myself in check sometimes. Like, wait a minute, you know that this this is this is not the way it's supposed to be, and or I'm supposed to feel. So I think that we're so disconnected from um, from the God we serve, um, from the Word, and all of that. And it it has allowed us to become more conformed. Like I am so sick, you guys, of people on their cell phone. I mean, when I leave my house, every time I could come home and I could leave right back out in ten ten minutes, I'm going to encounter someone that is on the phone and not paying attention. Someone pulled out in front of me today, leaving a restaurant. They get, because they had to stop, and instead of, they, the traffic was not coming either way, so they could have stopped, looked, and pulled out. They pulled up out of the, proceeding to drive out of the driveway, and they looked down, and they just started, you know that's what they're doing. They're checking their phone. And I'm just sitting behind them waiting. Like, it's insane. It's insane, and it's not young people it's more older people, and I'm thinking, what if you kill someone, and it's happening? So I just I just tell people, you know, let's not get caught up. If we must talk, get get something where you can or pull over if you're gonna text. But I see more more grown people Rodney doing it, which frustrates me even the more than I see young people doing it. And mm-hmm. so it's like. Uh, uh, just another way of, of autopilot, like you think, oh, it's not going to happen to me, I got this, but so many lives have been lost because someone thinks, oh, I got this. I could send a quick text and look up and, 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 and still drive. And some of them will be texting, driving, smoking, and got a dog in their lap. I'm like, okay, how how do you do that? So no, I got off a little bit there, but I just I just think about the conformed and and how we just do whatever we just do whatever we want to do. It's like this world belongs to us, and we don't have to share it, and nothing we do affects someone else. So that's that's a good way to, to dive right on into this topic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, works for me. Works for me. So, how do you want to do this? How do you want to start this? Um, I guess take us back there. Take us back to a place where you were writing this book because again, I remember um, how just again the title for me. What what typically what may typically run people away from the book ran me to the book. Like I just knew I had to read this. Like I just knew I had to get this. I had I had to talk to the author. I had to find out what this book is about. And so take us back to that time where you thought, one, there needs to be such a book, and two, it needs to be titled this. And what were your thoughts about this title? And some of the feedback that you got back. (laughs) All right, let me just write it down. Need, why does it need to exist? Why the title? And feedback. All right. So... For those of you listening, um, just to give you guys some background knowledge, 
Um, this is how Tim and I actually uh, met each other. Um, I remember um, I was living in New York at the time, and um, I was at Rutgers University because they were playing Norfolk State, um, and that's where I went to school. I went to uh, Norfolk State. And I said, well, you know, if my, my college is coming up here, like I have to at least go support them and watch them play. And the signal was, was pretty bad inside of the stadium, but when I left out, I had this uh, this message from, from Tammy on Facebook, you know, about uh, uh, coming on the show and, and talking about the book. And I was like, oh, man, like, this is cool. Like, somebody was like, found out about the book, and I don't even know how they found out about it. And um, I remember, you know, we, we, we talked, and, uh, you know, and I came on the show, and then uh, we did a part two um, a couple months later. Um, but when I when I wrote uh, Child of Being Black, it was the summer of 2012. And um, if you haven't read the book yet, I highly encourage you to read it. Um, and you can find it um, anywhere. You can find it uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Google Reads, um, any any any. Um, Anyone who um, sells or promotes the books, any book retailer uh, will have it. So I encourage you to uh, to read the book. Um, it's not an expensive book, and it won't take you a whole lot of time to read it. Um, it is very uh, short and to the point. Um, it took me about a month um, to write it. I remember writing the book during the month of July back in 2012, and I don't know... I just I just felt like, you know, it was a perfect time to, to write the book. I remember wanting to write um to write a book just in general with a lot of the thoughts that are in um Tired of Being Black, but um, you know, I was around uh like twenty. I was in my early twenties and I remember, you know, at the time um uh, before I started teaching it, um at that time I was uh working in a warehouse and you know, this older gentleman said to me um, that I should wait um, until I was, you know, somewhere around 30 um, because I would have more um, life experiences and the book would be uh, much more effective. And so I waited. Um, and then, you know, you know, just one of those things, it was like I just kind of, you know, just started writing the book and, um, you know, and, and just putting these, these ideas down and, you know, and then, you know, I had somebody edit it for me. And the reason why I felt like and still feel like, you know, this book uh, needs to exist is because the book offers a a different perspective um, on a lot of the things that we constantly see on social media, we see through the mainstream media, um, but the book puts a different spin on it. Um, you know, the book doesn't uh, doesn't make any excuses uh, for for anyone. Um, you know, I acknowledge the fact that racism still exists um, because it does. You know, I've I've experienced it even up until. 
till now, you know, and I'm 35, but, you know, I still see it. Um, my wife sees it. You know, my friends, uh, they they see it. Uh, most of the ones who <laughs> who are the same color as I am, but, um, you know, it, it's it's still obvious, you know, and even even my friends who, who are not black, um, you know, they see it and they talk to me about it. Um, so that's already out there. And so what I wanted to do was say, you know, racism still exists. However, there are some things that I feel we as black people um, need to do within ourselves and within our, quote, black community. Um, And as far as the title goes, um, the title just came to me one day when I was writing the book because I didn't even have a title when I started writing it. Um, I just started writing the book, and one day the title came to me, you know, and I was like, ooh, I like that. (laughs) And then I I, kind of knew that it was going to be controversial, um, and I don't see myself as somebody who likes confrontations, but I am okay with controversy at times um, just because, you know, I, I like having discussions with people. Um, I like sharing my view on things. I like to hear other people's view on things. Even if I don't agree, it is nice to to hear where where people are, are coming from. Um, I remember I was in a meeting last week, and, you know, I knew <laughs> – I knew that I did not like um, what the person was saying, but I still let them get it out. Um, Now, because it wasn't the first time that I heard it from them and they were attacking somebody close to me, um, (laughs) it did not end well for them. Um, But, you know, I do appreciate, you know, good conversation, even if they go back and forth. I mean, it's – you know, it, it's totally fine, you know, and, and, and that's why I wanted to uh, give out some tips tonight, um, you know, because Tamari and I were having a conversation, and, you know, we, you know, we were going back and forth, and, you know, she was saying, well, you know what, you know, I would feel the same way, or I understand where the parents come from, um, you know, so it, I, I think it's good to, to, to do things like that. Um, however... <laughs> The feedback I got from from the book wasn't um, it wasn't as pleasant at times, um, and then there were times where you know uh, people people did agree. Um, I will say a lot of black people either did not want to read the book and still have it uh, six years later. They still haven't read it until they tell me. Um, they were hesitant to read it, but then once they read it, um, they had a better understanding. Uh, people who um, are not black, um, you know, they read it and, you know, their feedback was, you know, I'm glad that someone who is black, you know, said these things because if a white person you know, or anyone else says these things, then they won't be uh, well-received. And probably my favorite 
Um, I guess negative. What you say? Oh, <laughs> to make sure that is true. Um, probably my favorite negative, I guess, encounter was uh, Mildred Gaddis. I'll never forget her. And I know we don't say people's names, but Mildred earned that uh, that recognition um, because you know, I've been on several. Um, been on several radio broadcasts uh, about, you know, about my book. And it was more so just a, you know, question and answer session or, you know, some good discussion. But this lady made it so obvious, um, and she's a, or used to be, I don't know what she's doing now, but she was, at the time, she was a radio host uh, for for a show up in Detroit, and, you know, she set up the interview with me for the sole purpose of um, making me look bad and trying to destroy my book, and, I mean, she would ask me questions and then cut me off before I even had a chance to answer and would put such a... Oh my God! It was it was it was bad. Put such an ugly spin on um, something in the book. Not that she read the book, but she would take. And you guys know how the media is, but she would take like a, a chapter title and just like make it the worst thing ever. And then like her co-host started doing it, and then she would allow people to call in and attack me. And so finally, <laughs> um, you know, and then. She would immediately say, you know, we'll be right back. We have to go to commercial break. So, like, never gave me the chance. So, finally, at the end of the interview, she asked me a question, and she kept trying to stop me, but I kept, like, getting louder and talking over her to get my point out. And, uh, you know, and, and I didn't let her interrupt me until I got it all out. And then um, afterwards, people would call in and say, you know, that they understood. I know one lady called in and said, I'm so glad that that young man didn't hear you because I, like, it totally changed my whole opinion of him. And so, you know, when it, when it came to feedback, um, and this is just a nugget for anybody who's listening, please understand that no matter what you do, um, and no matter how much positive feedback you may get, there is going to be someone or there are going to be people who are going to try to make it a bad thing. It doesn't matter what it is. So just keep that in mind for those of you who are aspiring authors or trying to do anything else uh, with your careers or with your life. Sorry, I feel like that was long. Actually, really, really good, and I think it's so needed. Um, oh gosh, didn't have my things down here. Can you guys hear me? I have my. Can um, you hear me right? Can now? hear you clearly? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you clearly. No, that. Yeah, I had the, my boots on, but I had it away from my mouth, um, and forgot. But no, I did. I don't think that was long at all. And you know, let's talk about that. Just, just, just to let's go to the place before we dive into the book about. Um, I don't know what's the word for it, but when people don't agree 
with or see things, I won't even say agree, but see things in the way that we see them. People people get pissed off, offended if someone has a different opinion about something than they do. And I have never understood how someone can can think that uh, with all these people, all, all the people in the world, that everyone they encounter is is going to respond or respond to life as they do. Um, but it happens. Like with this, like you take it. I I heard the title and I'm like, I gotta find out what this is about. Someone else can can hear the title and get totally totally offended by it. And Rodney, I still I still stick to this and I will I, I rarely say always but I think when, when people are offended by something to the degree where that young lady whatever would bring you on a show a radio show and try to make her opinion or her thoughts um more relevant relevant is, is crazy to me. But it happens. But I mean, because if we talk about if, if she would have allowed you to, to talk about it, minus the title, she may have learned something. But I think it all goes back inside to what you really feel about yourself or about the subject matter. And it reminds me of The Shack. I was watching, um, I guess it was like a documentary about The Shack. And he was saying how people were um, uh, protesting the movie The Shack. And he so happened, and this is the, the, the writer of The Shack, he so happened to, to walk up on one of these uh, protests, and people didn't know who he was. And so as he's talking to these people, they had, he learned that many of them had not read the book. They had just heard somebody say or somebody, um, I guess, give their perception of the movie and what it was about to the point where they never watched it themselves to form their own opinion. Mm-hmm. So what if you watch it and you get one thing out of it? If one thing out of that out of that movie changed your life or changes your life, then it's well worth it. If one thing out of tired of being black makes you aware or recognize something, it may not even be about you. You may see it in a young black brother, as you as as you talk about in your your book, Rodney. I think the first chapter talks about the word nigger. You know how we mm-hmm. we, we can say it, but let someone of, of of a different color race say it. And I'm sorry, I just I just don't I I don't buy it. Just like I don't buy that every cop is a bad cop because I've seen white cops. Beat the hell out of white children. I've seen it. I've I've saw the videos where a white cop is one young white boy that I will never forget. Be, not beat, but shoot and kill a seventeen-year-old. And it becomes it comes down to the now. Does it happen more with 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 us? Probably so. I don't know. I've heard that is different. Does it happen more? Maybe. But the fact that if I'm not as concerned of a a cop shooting a young white kid 
as I am a young black, then I need to check my heart because I don't serve a God who says I'm different because I'm black or you're different because you're white, brown, Chinese, whatever. I don't serve that kind of God. So I'm as pissed off about that white child as I am the black child. And I've seen black cops treat black kids like nothing. So these are these are things that people are going to have different opinions about. But to judge a book by its cover or its title, and then to take it further, because she probably, Rodney, could you tell if she had read your book or was she just basically discussing the book off of from the title? Was uh, it she obvious that she may book. have read it? She was only uh, discussing the title and some of the chapter names, not that she had read the book. Right, right, right. Because, I, I mean, I they, just think that we are – I, I, right now, I agree. I think as a, as a race that we – I'm going to back up a little bit because I, I think when we define something, it also allows us or provides the opportunity for us to divide. Like if, And I'll say that again. In defining something, or I'll say people, that to me opens the door for division. But at the same yeah. time, it's clear that my race, so, so, I mean, I'm in, I'm in this world, and it would be a beautiful thing if I didn't have to select my race when I'm filling out applications. It would be a beautiful thing, but I do, and sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. But because I am seen as a black woman, um, I've, I've seen it. I cannot say. That well, I can say I I do remember being um I can I I I, I, I that'll take it off I won't say that Rodney I won't say that but I, I'll just say this I do think that as a, as a as a as the black race we need to start dealing with issues within ourselves and and within our community yes a lot of the things that we go through mentally and I think that's where it has all began comes from how we were raised and from from, from um, people who were in, mentally enslaved, I'll say that, mentally enslaved because of slavery. Fast forward, I say anything that you're able to identify or to say this is the cause, now it should be easier to come up with a solution. And the first thing that people will say, well, how can we? Because slavery still exists, different now. And then I'll I'll say, Rodney, that we have to turn to someone, and I could start with you, who did it, a young black man who has told us many times when, when, when people see your family, they think you're either dead or in jail. So mm-hmm. how can you? How did he? That could, that, that could be... My answer, how did Rodney, and I got a whole line of, of people in my family that I could say the same thing about as well. How did they? How did he? We have to first think that we are worthy and can do it and get out of the mentality of slavery. 
And when one door closes, especially if we say we serve this great God, like especially, especially. And so I wonder how many people read your book, Rodney, and got something, like went into it reading it like, wow, I can't believe this guy wrote this, but came out like, wow, I got some stuff from this, things I can read. Because Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam. No, no. I was just saying that because I'm sure you cannot read it and get nothing from it. There's no way. There's no way that someone can read it and get nothing from it. There, there are. Um, so I didn't hear of the people who read the entire book. And again, <laughs> it's not a long book at all. Um, at all. There were people who said to me that they did not agree with everything in the book, but it had some really good points. And things like that lead to discussion. Whether we um, ever, like, agree on the same exact things or not, they at least lead to discussion. Um, But I'll give you one even better than that, Timmy. Um, even years after I published the book, there were still people asking for a book. I mean, one guy flat out told me, I'm not buying your book. Like, you need to just give me one. Or you should give me one. And (laughs) so, you know, just the nerve of people. And, I mean, this is not something new, um, but it is something that, you know, people should be tired of doing by now. And that is when someone you know does something, support them the same way you would a stranger. But sadly, sadly, we get more support from strangers than we do people that we talk to all the time. You know, we, you know, I have, the last time I saw the number, I had over a thousand friends on Facebook. I guarantee you, less than a hundred of them have read my book. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and that's pretty, pretty sad. I want to go back to something that you said, um, just because. Um, I wrote it down uh, when you were talking about slavery. And uh, one of the chapters in, in, in the book, you know, briefly touches on the, on the civil 16. rights movement. Chapter yeah, 16, I believe 16. it is. Yeah. Um, but it touches on the, the civil rights movement and I'll say this again because, you know, I don't know who's listening and has never heard me say this, but, um, you know, a lot of times it seems like we only wanted rights when we didn't have any. Yeah. You know, because now I think the number has grown, thankfully, but it's nowhere near where it should be. Uh, the number of black people who are taking advantage 
of the opportunities that their ancestors didn't have. Taking advantage of, taking advantage of the opportunities their mom or dad may not have had or their grandparents. Because a lot of us, um, even even you know my age at 35, a lot of us have either parents or aunts and uncles who were forced to drop out of school, not because they were illiterate or because they couldn't learn, but just because they had to go and get a job to help out. Well, for a period of time, it wasn't like that. For a period of time there, it was like, you know, if you wanted to get an education, you could. If you wanted to get a job, you could. Uh, you wanted to start a career, you could. Now, what I'm starting to see is it is just becoming too expensive for people to live on their own or for, you know, couples to make it, especially if you have kids. I mean, things are just so expensive. And cost of living goes up, but your raises don't. You know, your rent might go up $100 next year, but you're only going to get a 15-cent raise. How does that work? And so for the people who have yet to figure it out or to take advantage of the opportunities that are currently there or that have been there, I don't know how much longer they're going to be there. I mean, Tamari and I were discussing with my siblings a couple of weekends ago, and they almost, like, lost their mind when they learned that we pay $1,800 a month in rent. But it is that expensive. And that's just in rent, and that's a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. And so, you know, you would think, oh, my God, people can pay $1,800 in rent. Like, they must they must have a lot of money. But we don't. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, we have to start, we have to stop making excuses and start finding ways. We have to. Hey, Rodney, do you? Do you mind yes, going over that part? Um, you maybe you're gonna come back to it. I'm not sure, but it's I'm 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 just in awe because that how I knew it was 16 because that's what I was the chapter that I was on because that's that's probably I'll say that but I think that's probably my favorite one just because of the things that it talks about like going to school um, how how we they had to fight to go to school back then and now we had to fight kids to go to school but we have that opportunity yeah. now. Do you mind going over some of that when you, so, you know, just before we get off? So basically the, the, the chapter, uh, chapter 16 talks about the civil rights movement and how we have essentially um, over the years taken away from everything that um, our ancestors fought for, uh, people like, Martin Luther King, who we like to praise, Harriet Tubman, who we like to praise, Thurgood Marshall. Every
every time we commit violent acts towards each other, we're taken away from that. Whether it's shooting each other, gang violence, um, getting into fight with each other, we already are going to have to deal with things. And anybody who wants to challenge me, I'll talk to you anytime. But we are, we are already, as black people, going to have to deal with certain things just because we are black. And if you, if you think that is not real, just turn on your television. Just listen to your president. Uh, talk to people who, you know, who live in, in, in areas where this is more real than in others. Um, talk to them, and you'll see that it, this is still real in 2018, where people don't want to see black people be promoted. They don't want to see black people running companies. They don't want to see black people in charge or in leadership roles. It's out there. So my thing to black people is already have to deal with that from others. Why would you do it to each other? That just makes it twice as bad. And so that's why I say it seems like we only wanted rights when we didn't have any. Think about it. At one point in time, we were required to sit in the back of the bus. We were not allowed to sit in the front of the bus. Now, where does everybody run? To the back of the bus. Back of right, because it's, it's no longer a law that black people have to give up their seat for white people. So now that we can sit in the front of the bus, we don't want to sit in the front of the bus. We want for the right to vote. Now, what is, what is one of the hardest things it is to get us to do? Vote. And do you do you realize that? Um, and 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 maybe just, this is just me, but it seems like all of these like get out and vote campaigns, not you know campaigns for you know vote for this person or vote for that person. It seems like when it comes to black people, the thing is just get out and vote. Like it's not like and, and you know and, and, you know like I feel like those are targeted that those campaigns are targeted towards black people because it is believed or either known that black people don't usually get out and vote because it's always well we don't even care who you vote for even though people do care who you vote for. But we don't even care who you vote for. Just get out and vote. Why is it that that is the case? And maybe somebody has a good reason, but these are just some examples. 
because I'm not saying that you're right or wrong if you don't, but these are just some examples. People fought for this right, and now that we have it, it's like whatever. We fought for the right to go to school, and now you have to fight us just to get us to go to school. Somebody's going to want to go to school. But at one point, kids were beaten or they were killed for trying to learn how to read and write. And it seems like the only time we want to rise up is when somebody says we can't do something. I really believe that if the media had never made a big deal out of the NFL players protesting, it would have never been one. The media got a hold of it, and they did what they do with everything else. They threw it out there to see how people would react. It made a big mess. They made money off of it, and they're gone. And, and they kept us distracted, too. Right, yes, I think did. a lot of it is done to keep, because some of, these, some of these laws that are passed, well, that are already in effect, sometimes I'll hear someone's like, okay, how do, because cause I think that's what it's about. Like when you say about voting, like we'll go and vote, but, and, and, I, and I'm going to include myself in it for a long time. I didn't know what the hell, who the hell I was voting for and what they stood for. But when you <laughs> dig into what laws are how how do, how are they continue to if we are if 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 we are if our votes count then how are so many laws in place that keep yes. that keep and I'll say this keep black men imprisoned that will put a black man in in prison I mean for the longest time but we mm-hmm. let that happen. We won't dig deep and say, oh, no. But no, we won't because we won't even come together and, and and say no more cable just so we can have some money to fight with. We we can't even go without cable not because we wouldn't have to do it for 30 days. And for those of you who have not heard us say, all this crap is so expensive now. How the hell can we make it? How can a family make it? How can mm-hmm. we and we we won't get together and stay we can't stay together because we don't know how to respect one another and get and, mm-hmm. and respect their space, their differences. We don't know how to do that. Because and it has to me, that part has nothing to do with slavery or a white person. It's selfish. It's selfishness. Like Rodney said, if if I have to take this from another race, then why is it okay that my same race sisters and brothers do the same thing? Because they too feel like they're in this rat race. And if I make it, and see, those are the things that we need to talk about and be honest about. Some of us still feel. Like, if I make it, like, only a few of us are going to be able to get in. And, yes, does that have a lot to do with the mental 
mindset that slavery um, put forth? Absolutely it does. But again, I go back to if I know, if I know that I'm allergic to greens or whatever, and I eat greens, something's wrong with me. So if we have identified the issue or the issues, okay, slavery gave us a different mindset. It made us think that we're not worthy. It made me really not even like my light-skinned family member because I think that she is, I think, not that she thinks, that I think that because of the color of my skin, I'm not as good as she is because she's closer to their skin color. See, those are issues unless you talk about and pick up books like Tired of Being Black, we won't ever deal with them. You won't ever get to see that cousin, that sister in her light. You won't get to see that she struggles with some of the same issues as you and has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Unless we pick up books like Tired of Being Black and start discussing them first with ourselves instead of just getting on the bandwagon and letting words, the title of a book, keep you from reading it. I mean, that's insane to me. That's insane. And regardless of how the insanity has identified itself with you, it's, it's insane to me. It, it, I mean, I don't get it that we won't even entertain. And it's like we've said, Rodney, why do I have to be or you have to be a good black man, a good black father, a good black woman, as to say that ordinarily we're not? Why does anybody have to be a good white woman? Oh, he found him a good white woman, that kind of thing. Why? Why do we have the need to define by race and do it within our own race? Mm-hmm. So much so that we, we can't even pick up and discuss Books like like Tired of Being Black. I don't get it. Yes, and 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 Sammy, I think that um, we have a we have a problem with um, people who don't fit the black stereotype of being a robot. And 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 let me let me explain let me explain what I mean. Mhm. It feels like if you are a black person, which we both are, you are supposed to read from the same script as every other black person. Mm-hmm. If you do not, you are no longer black. When we you talk about out. the feedback that I, yeah, and when we talk about the feedback that I received from the book, one of the things that I heard was, mm-hmm. "Well, what do you want to be, white? Are you having an identity crisis?" These are, wow. and it's ironic because the book talks about stereotypes. Now. Why is it that I am not as black as you if I don't feel the same way you do? Or 
I take what you believe and take it one step further. Because anyone who uh, who reads the book, they might have questions. Hey, as a black man, why do you feel this way? As a black man, why are you talking about these things versus talking about what other people are doing for black people? Because we can have we can have that conversation, but people don't want to do that. If you're black, you have to fit what is considered the black norm. You have to sit around, and the only things that you're allowed to talk about are what white people are doing to black people. You have to sit around and talk about what Trump is doing. You have to sit around and and and, and and complete this this narrative or retell this narrative that black people can't succeed because the white man, quotes, is holding them back. That's not my reality. And so for me, I know what exists. I know what other, I know what black people have dealt with and deal with from other races, and I also know what black people have done to each other. But most importantly, because I choose not to be ignorant, I also know to look at the individual and not the color of their skin. Because we want to be critical of white people. We want to blame white people for everything. And if that's what you want to do, that is totally fine by me. However, don't judge me because I've had a different experience. Don't judge me because when I need somebody to help me, um, black people help me. White people help me. Asian people have helped me. Hispanic people have helped me. I've had help from all different types of people. However, I've been let down by all types of people too. So therefore, my experiences have taught me not to give anyone credit or take credit from anyone because of what they look like. I mean, I, I, I've, I, I've gone to restaurants. In fact, my birthday, my last birthday, um, today, and I went out to dinner. I tab was, I think, like $95. We didn't pay it. A white man paid it. Come in and know us. So we were all sitting at the table together. We were in a bocce place, for those of you who, who've been to those Japanese, um, you know, restaurants and steakhouses, where it's like, I don't know, maybe 10 people sitting around a big stove. And we didn't hardly talk. We were just listening to man telling jokes. And that man and his wife were taking out um, one of their employees for her birthday. And there, and then there was uh, Tamaria and, and 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 myself, 
and then there's a husband and wife and their two kids. And that man and that wife uh, who were taking, who were treating their employee out, paid everyone's tab. There had to be several hundreds of dollars. But it didn't matter to them that we were black. Now, in, in the world that people want us to live in, that man and his wife should have paid for the white family, but either were white, and not paid for the black people. But that man was not thinking about anybody's skin color when he decided to do that. He just said, pay for everybody. Don't worry about it. I got it. So we have to get out of this mindset that certain things are okay and certain things are. Tim, you mentioned Chapter 1 where where it talks about the N-word and and who can say it and who can't. Why is that even a thing is beyond me. If you are a black person, especially a, a male, and you're still okay with that word in 2018, I'd like to know why. How do you take something that was used to belittle and degrade your race of people, and now all of a sudden it's a term of endearment? I, I, like, I don't get it. But we get mad if other people use the word. Well, if it's just a greeting... Then everybody else be able to use it. No, no, no. They don't mean it like that. They, 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 they mean it in a in a harmful way. How do you know? They just hear you use it, so they think it's okay. But no, it's different between an er and an a. You sound stupid. We need to find better ways to deal with each other. And and something else that I addressed in Chapter 1, this whole African-American versus black thing. I am not, if you want to be technical about it, I'm not an African-American. Because an African-American to me is an American who was from Africa, who was born there. I was not born in Africa. Well, I know white people who were born in Africa. We would never consider them an African-American. However, they are. But that's why we shouldn't get caught up in all of this anyway. And the only confusion comes when we're talking about black people. Why? Because we're the only ones who... No, 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 don't call me that. If a white person refers to us as anything, we have a problem with it. doesn't matter what it is. They've been trying to figure out for, for years how to define it. Now, granted, just call me by my name, but they don't know what to say because everything they say is offensive. Do they mean it in a negative way? I don't know because I don't know their heart. And as far as racism going, sorry, Tim, stop me at any time, but as thoughts, as I'm talking, thoughts are just coming to me. When it it, it comes to, (laughs) 
when it comes to racism, I'm actually okay with finding out that somebody is a racist or that somebody doesn't like black people. I'm okay with it. Like, uh, the, the latest one with Roseanne, if I don't matter Roseanne, I ain't mad at Roseanne. Roseanne, let us know, and I don't think last week or the week before was the first time she let us know how she feels. I appreciate the fact that Roseanne let us know. Now, what I got a problem with is the fact that Roseanne said what she said. She meant it, and then when there was backlash, she apologized. No, don't apologize. I will give Trump that one thing. That man will say whatever he feels, and he does not apologize, and they don't make him. And they don't take nothing away from him either. And he will tell you right off the back, nope, I did nothing wrong. Even though you heard him and I heard him, he will say right there, I did nothing wrong. I didn't say anything that was bad. He will sit there and tell He will defend his ignorance. You know, and people are mad because, well, why won't they do anything to Trump? You know, I'm glad that I know this about Donald Trump. I'm glad I know that he's ignorant. I'm glad that I know how he feels about women. I'm glad that I know where he stands when it comes to minorities. I'm glad I know these things. I know that they take him. He went there with Donald Sterling, the Clippers owner, for saying that, you know, we like black people. This is going to sound real bad, but that's that man's right. I can't take that away from him. If he wants to take black people, that's his right. I well, modesty say, oh, you're not allowed to do that. No, because even in the Bible, it talks about God creating good and evil. And there's a scripture that says, even when I do good, evil is right there. So you, 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 you have a choice. And I'd rather know what is in somebody, you know, what is inside of them. I'd rather know what's in their heart. I'd rather know what they're thinking. Then for them to act like they are my friend and then behind my back, you know, they are making sure that my career doesn't go any further. Or they are telling my wife things that are not true. Or they're spreading rumors about me in secret Facebook groups. Like, I, I would rather know if you're a racist, I'd rather know. And, and you know what, Rodney, Rodney, I wonder, I mean, why do we, why do we feel that people need to come back and apologize for saying what they really mean? I, I don't, I have never, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I don't, I don't need an apology from anybody that has, as a matter of fact, I don't, I don't want one, especially one that is forced, one that is not coming yeah. from a place of, wow, I cannot believe, because granted, we all have something in us or the, or the tendency to, to go there. I mean, and let's mm-hmm. just keep it real, to go there. Um, and it, that where we go and how we go would be different because we are different. But to think, yeah. um, even even the Bible speaks about different gifts, that we, we some were given this, some were given that. And so how how do we expect people 
um, to number one, it speaks about evil. So there are going to be people who literally don't like black people, and there are going to be people who don't like white people, Indians, whatever. And so if mm. those people, to me, speak up, I have, I respect that person for saying, no, yeah. I don't like black people. Don't want them, because now I know. But what, what, what will hurt me worse is for that person to pretend that I matter, and I really yeah. don't. Who wants that? So why do we want apologies, I guess, is, is what I would like for someone to, to help me understand. Why do we want them? Why do we request them? And why do we spend so much time following stories like these? Like, why? Yeah. And nothing, nothing changes. Oh, so they apologize, and now what? They changed? Because... <laughs> You're messing with their people will apologize for anything when you start taking away their dollars. So, and I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I don't, I don't know why we. Ex- and then, but we won't let a family member or someone comes back and say, "Hey, I, I, I said that, and I shouldn't have said it. I messed up." We won't even forgive them. Yet we expect apology from Roseanne or Rose, whatever her name is. I don't know. Like. <laughs> we won't forgive them, but we but we want her to get on national TV and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, black people. I really like you now." Right after this, sorry, I'm gonna go right back to talking about you. Just she just gonna make sure now it's not publicly until she gets the dollars back. <laughs> so who wants that? It's, it's insane to me, and that's and that's. That's why, to me, Rodney, why we keep coming back here because it's not, it's really not about what she said or what Trump says. It really is not. It's really about me. It's really about you and whoever else mm-hmm. is listening. That's, that's what it's yeah. about. That really is because, I mean, Yes, Trump is 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 the president, but you guys, I feel no more ruled by him or what he says. And and people, I have friends and family say, well, you know, that's her guy. I said anybody can keep y'all that distracted and entertained at the same time. Yeah, he is my guy. I could learn a few things from him because he keep y'all dangling on strings, dangling without a string. I say. She is, she is like my, my guy. Like my brother used to tell me, bungee jumping with no cord. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they give this guy so much credit and spend so much time watching him, listening to him. Like, that's far as you're going to go. That is as mm-hmm. far as you are going to go. Because, see, you can mess with mm-hmm. his dollars, too, because if you... Say what, Ronnie? I was gonna say we could mess with that same way we're talking about if if we to change things like cable, for instance, how much how much we pay, and it continues to go up. You think if we as a society, black, white, all colors, get together and say, you know what, I'm going to elim- I'm going to cut some stuff off. 
and invest my money, save my money, invest it. I'm going to turn cable off. I'm going to get the basic plan for my cell phone. So all I do need to do, take is emergency calls or whatever. If we say no mm-hmm. to some of these things, what does that do to our economy? But we're not willing. What does that say to the president? You not you aren't wanting anything. But we're not willing to do it. Just like we're not willing to grow. We're not willing to look at tired of, to read. We'll look at tired of being black. But to read it and let it speak to to us, to me. What in this book do I do I keep? What do I let go? Because there's not been a book that I picked up to read that I agree with everything in it. Is not, and I've read a lot of books. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, Rodney. Go ahead, because this is going to be opposite. No, I was just going to say, you go ahead. No, no, no. You you could, you could jump back in. I, I was just going to say, one of the underlying messages in Child of Being Black is that cleanup our own lives, we clean up our own community, then maybe it will create the change that we're looking for overall. Until we fix things internally, we're not going to see the external change we're looking for. However, it's hard to convince people to look within. And that's why it's a, a struggle to get people to read Tired of Being Black. Why? Because they want to assume all of these things instead of fixing what's really wrong. Now, Why? it's easy to point the finger at the police, right? But why are the police there in the first place? Why do we have such heavy policing in black communities anyway? Now, please understand, I'm not saying that if we live these perfect lives that we won't have to deal with anything. What I'm saying is if we clean up our lives in our communities, then what happens is it should change, it should change, or at least improve. But what will change the most is there cannot be an argument. If you are not doing anything wrong, right, if if you get up and go to work, and you don't break any traffic laws on your way, there's nothing wrong with your car, there are no taillights out, nothing, your license is intact. I mean, everything is squared away. There is no reason for you to get pulled over. And you get pulled over, right, and you comply, and something happens, and the truth gets out, there's nothing that anybody can say. 
I look at, you know, a lot of these recent cases with, with the police, and I agree that street justice on behalf of the police is never the answer. That's why there's a judicial system. That's why there are laws and, and proceed, procedures already in place. But I'm looking at some of these guys, and like, number one, why are you running? Number two, why are you sitting there getting smart or cussing at this officer? You're not helping the situation. So, again, let's clean up our own lives. Let's clean up the way that we treat each other. Let's clean up our community and see if there's a change. Because if, if there isn't, we know that we are no longer the problem. If we clean up, we our know act that for and, sure. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and if we if we clean up what we're doing, right? If we stop selling drugs to each other, if we stop making babies and don't take care of them, or not taking care of them, if we get out of these gangs, if we go to school, do what we're supposed to do in school, join the military, get a job, whatever, live good wholesome lives. And there are no improvements or changes, then we can honestly say, "Hey, the problem is not us, because we've changed and we're still dealing with this." But we won't give ourselves that opportunity, and we get mad at anyone who suggests it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, why can't I? What do you mean, why can't you? Why would you want to walk down the street bringing attention to yourself? Why would you want to do that? You know, but we we have to be willing, have to be willing. And that's what the book does. It points out things that are worth taking a look at within the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, Using the N word, not getting an education, and if you're if you're listening to the, the this this show and you're saying, well, that's not all black people, you follow the problem, because so you should know that not all black people are doing these things. However, you know somebody who is. And that's the person you should be trying to reach. Not to well, it ain't me. So, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Or it's not me, so, you know, you need to talk to them. No. That's why we're all here. We should all be a part of the solution. I totally if you, agree. It, it, totally. You know, and, and, you know, and I think we talked about this on the show before, Tammy, where there used to be a time when you didn't have to wait for your mom or dad to correct you. Other people did. But now we see we see young people doing things and we just turn our head. It's either inconvenient for us to to say something 
or we don't care enough to say something, or some, in some cases we join in with the, the, the foolishness instead of correcting behaviors. Or parents get mad if you correct their children, even if you write. Mm-hmm. We no longer want the village to raise our kids. We want the streets to raise our kids. We want the television to raise our kids. We want the Internet to raise our kids. We want our cell phones and tablets to raise our kids. We don't want the village anymore. We want the technology. And as long as technology is raising our kids, this is what they're going to get. I'm going to jump to something real quick, thing. Um, yeah, good. Go to you, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to one more thing and 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 uh and then close out the show. But go ahead. I know I cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh no no no. Go ahead, cause you know I I, I didn't write it down, so I don't know what else. I th- oh, I think I was gonna go back to what I, about it being about you, about about individually, whatever. You fix you, and things around you begin to to change, and and that's. I was going to go back to last week's um, presentation on the it's more about communication than we think. I ended with, yes, it's more about communication than we think. It's more about understanding, but more than that, it's more about you than you think. And people don't want to hear that. People do mm-hmm. not want to hear that it is them. And I think as long as we have something to blame, meaning slavery, and someone to blame, meaning all white people, we will never truly address the issue that slavery and those who enslaved, whatever color they were, the issues that that put upon our ancestors and that it triggered down. I mean, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I look at, my grandfather and my grandmother, went, and, and, and it's so sad that I didn't really understand much of this until late in my life. Time, in a time such as that, my granddad started two businesses, one of them picking up trash to give people, to keep people from... In, I'll go to them. Tell me there. To the where what the dump. They paid him to do that. He opened up a store, a corner market store, with the deli, with with all the stuff that a store would have today. And this is what I got to see as a young girl. And I thought, and I, I remember my granddad getting up every morning, way before the sun came up without an alarm clock, way before. And I I remember men sitting around, being around, talking, playing checkers, you know, after a hard day's work with homemade checkerboards and using the top from Coke bottles, Pepsi bottles. You turn it up, you turn it down. That's how you determine whose pieces belong to who. So it seems like now that we have more, we do less. 
once we get what we fought for, we no longer want it. And, and apply that to life. We will date, 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 court, court, court each other, woe them. As soon as you get it and you mad or you get it and you get mad, all that seems to come to a halt. That's an, a me issue. That's a you issue. That the chase becomes greater than the reward, the winning. We have to check that mentality. We have to check the heart that produces such a mentality that allows us to keep such a mindset that says it's okay. It's okay that little Johnny shows up to school with some Nikes on, but you can't pay for his field trip. Or you can't buy the postal board for the report that he needs to do, the science part. It's okay, little Johnny, come in fresh, fresher than Prince of Bel Air. But you can't, you, you can't help him with the science project. And that goes, I don't care if you're black, white, blue, green, it doesn't matter. And that's why they won't pick up tired of being black, right? So, see, some of us don't want to recognize that there has been a, the black race has been defined. And that when they look it up, they see themselves in that definition. Whether it's their mindset, their heart, their selfishness, whatever. And this could apply to anybody, and it does. But it's just because you have allowed yourself to be defined, you divide yourself. And and in doing that, sometimes create your own hell and blame it on a white man. That's the kind of title of being black that I am. And I first had to see that in myself. Who am I to buy in this? And when I got a granddaddy who said, oh, no, black, white, blue, or green, I'm going to provide for my family. And you come to a time where I remember seeing my granddaddy Go into those little, whatever those things are, the little um, tobacco cans. Like, that's where his money was. All over the house. And that, I mean, you talk about somebody who, I mean, and, and sat down every night after being up all day before the sun up. And closed out for the day. I remember seeing that, but not really understanding the value of that at that time. And much late, much later in life than I should have. Why? Because I too had allowed myself to conform and be, and define, and so I divided myself as well, and allowed the world to. We buy into it. It's all about it's about me and it's about you who are listening. Back over to you, Ronnie. Tell me another. We're winding down here, so I just want to uh, throw this last one out. 
and I don't remember what chapter it is, but um, it's about music. And I don't know how we can expect a black man. I don't know how we can expect anyone to appreciate or respect black women or women in general where we disrespect women in our music. And I and I see this, you know, Me Too movement, and I see this Time's Up stuff. And you know, we're 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 attacking people like Bill Cosby, who's eighty some years old, for things that happened what thirty, forty years ago. Okay, but we're letting. Men make disrespectful music about women every day, and no one is saying a word. Does it really matter? Does the way we treat women in this country really matter? Because if that is the case, if we're going to be about this Me Too movement, and respecting women, then there should be no more music that belittles or degrades women. You should be banned. You should not be allowed to make any songs that are disrespectful towards women, disrespectful towards anyone, period. But let's just stick with the women, the women for, for, for right now. Not only that, I don't want to see any videos that disrespect women. I don't want to see anything on TV that is disrespectful. There should be nothing promoted or aired that is disrespectful. Because if it is, it tells me that the price. It tells me that people are more so bandwagoners than they are true to a movement. Because if you're not saying any, if you're not speaking up about the music that is put out there, or the things that are that are put on TV. If we're being selective about it, then we just need to leave it alone. Everyone deserves to be treated with respect. Women deserve to be treated like women. Men deserve to be treated like men. Bottom line. And I think that as black men, just because I listen to more music for no reason, it's just how I grew up. Not that I have anything against any any other genres of music, but I tend to listen to uh, a lot of R&B, some rap. But the things that I hear on the radio sometimes tell me no lie 
reason, I just turn the station. I listen to the news. I'll, I'll turn to the news. I'll turn to NPR. Uh, same here, Rodney. I remember Brandon. I said, same here. I can I can barely listen to any of it because it, it's, it's so senseless and so stupid, and it just it shows how it, it to me it speaks of where we are internally, like the the internal conflict that must be taking place. If this is what if this is what uh, we are able to listen to on the way into work and coming home, and I remember Brandon saying, Mama. He said, we have we have our stations here, and then we have, you know, the other stations. And he said, I flip back and forth, and I, all I can think about is most of our young kids on the way into school, and it's so right because I've been in the cars with some parents, and the stuff that I hear on there, I'm like, what are you listening to? And kids right in the car as well. And it's like said, I, I realized that our children – our young people are going into, like, they're being driven into school and listen to this music. So imagine what type of mindset they have walking into the school. Uh-huh. It's just their whole, you know what I'm saying? Because music, we got to be honest, music is, music is community. Music is something else, you guys. Music is deep. You can imagine how you feel when you listen to a love song. Why do you think women, why do those guys, you walk in there and they got, you know, the music playing? Think about mm-hmm. it. You could, you could be happy and you could hear a song and makes you think about something or somebody. Your your entire mood changes. So how, what effect do you think it it has on young people? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it, Ryan. <laughs> that is unfortunately where we are as a society today. Uh, Tim, we got about four minutes. Any announcements? Um. No, not right now. I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off on some okay. things. I will. We'll have some here pretty soon, but uh, I'm gonna hold off right now. But but things are are you know just things are going good on my end, just one day at a time, and um, just trying to realize that it's more about me than I think. You know. <laughs> That's a good reality, Tammy. Yeah, yeah, so it really is. What about you? Any announcements on y'all's end? Uh, Well, the only uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, You know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in the the same uh, boat. Uh, Things are. Things are are good. Um, I'm I'm working on some things, uh, but not ready to release them yet. Uh, but when the time comes, I, I most definitely will. Uh, but I will say, um, I've been working on um, a novel, writing a novel um, since 2015, and um, 
I just finished uh, making edits to the. Uh, I just finished the, the third draft of it. Uh, I've gone through two rounds of edits already, and uh, just finished the third draft. And I must say, um, it was going to be a two-part series, but it's actually just going to be one book now. Um, but I'm really excited about it when the time comes. I release the the title and pictures and things like that, but um, while I'm waiting for it to be edited this time, what I'm actually doing is um, preparing for the release, preparing for the the publishing of the book, um, and uh, I'm actually working on another activity, uh, which, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share that when the time comes, but uh Definitely excited about the things that that are going on. So um, grateful. I don't know when they will uh, when they will happen. I I just know that I'm I'm gonna continue to do my part because, like you just said, it is all about us. It's about the 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 work we put in, the effort that we put in, the attitude that we have, and understanding that. Patience is a is a huge part of success, and I'll and I'll end with that. Um, we will see you guys. I believe we're on next Tuesday, correct, Jenny? Yes. Yes. So we will see we'll you guys here. next Tuesday, same time, same station. Have a blessed week, everybody. Then I go
But I know 